Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Huddle. And with me today is Janie Whiteside. Janie is our Chief Customer Officer at Walmart. And it's a it's a cool job. It's a cool title because it's the first Chief Customer Officer we've, we've ever had. So, Janie, welcome. Probably good to take just a second and explain what the Chief Customer Officer is because I'm sure people want to know, what is that? Does that does that mean she's the the chief shopper, the chief marketer, the chief product officer, all the above, and then some? The chief customer officer is an interesting job because it really uh, surrounds everything that that we know um, how to do really well. So obviously we are great at operating uh, phenomenal stores. We know how to buy great merchandise at the right price and, and put it on their shelves, and we know how to drive the logistics that support that. What is really important, though, is that as we do that, we show up for the customer when, where, and, and how they want. Um, and so this is really about how we have the right data and insights and understand when and how customers want to shop with us, how we how we pull that together in terms of really great product supported by technology that supports all of our associates out in, out in the field, and then how we tell really great stories about that product to drive demand and create our reputation uh, and make sure that people understand why they should be shopping at Walmart, what's different about their Walmart, and then showcase all the really great products and services. And then finally, make sure that if something goes wrong for the customer, if they needed to make a return or they have some questions or they have some follow-up, whether that's digitally or, or on the phone, um, we're able to support them uh, when and how they want. You've only been with this a couple of years, so we might talk about that for a second. You know, what's it been like from a long, successful career at American Express? You ran a big part of the portfolio there, and then you come over to Walmart in, in the last 24 months, roughly about two years, um, have led this change the way of working. So what's that been like? What I knew when I was thinking about taking this opportunity and, and why I became excited about it um, was, you know, working in a company like American Express, which is an incredibly strong brand that has an incredible passion uh, on behalf of its customers, was I needed to uh, move to an organization that really had purpose and passion at its core. Um, and I have been incredibly um energized and excited about just how truly passionate everybody in the company is um, about the customer and about making sure that we are in service of a customer who, quite honestly, in many cases, people aren't in service of. And so having that guiding, that guiding passion, that guiding fire, I think has been really energizing for the team as we figure out, okay, well, if we believe that, um, how do we really understand what is important for our customer? And then how do we design great solutions for them? Um, and we break through some of the sort of historical myths that because we are uh, committed to everyday low cost, because it, we require everyday low prices and operating philosophy for our customers so that they can get things, that means that we can't create seamless solutions. They don't have to be more expensive. The building the capacity for somebody to be able to get express delivery of the super center or pull up and have everything delivered into the trunk of their car as opposed to just having their groceries and, and going and have to pick up the, the rest of uh, the stuff in the store doesn't have to be more expensive. It just requires us to think differently ab about how we operate that. And so um, it's been it's been really fascinating as we've really dug into, look, who is our customer? What do they need? When and how do they shop us? Um, and how do we make sure that we have a solution for each of those occasions? If you think about what goes on in, in your family, John, um, I know we've talked about this, what happens in, in my family, you know, every week I do a big shop. We're a family of four. I do the big shop with a family of four. But invariably, I forget something or we run out of something or things change and I need to get something in the moment. Um, or, I, you know, I run out of batteries or 
and my son keeps kicking the soccer ball over over the fence. So how do you, how do you solve for all those occasions and do it in, in the most seamless way? We can't just rely on the fact that we, we think customers operate with us in, in one way or that customers are, you know, a store customer or an online customer. What we know is everybody is all of those things all at the same time. And, and in any given day, at any given point, you could need something different from us. And we've just got to be there to be able to solve in the quickest, seamless, fastest way for every one of those occasions for the customer. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point because I've, I've been through times when we try to segment people and, and it makes sense to a point when once you label them as a segment. But as you just said, they don't always act that way. It depends on what's going on in their life. And, all, and everybody's life's crazy. I've got six people in the house. You've got four. Um, pressure comes from all sides and, and we constantly are trying to just adapt and and uh, that's what the company's done. And one thing we both have in common in our background is we both worked in membership organizations. So American Express has customers, but definitely members and different programs that you're members of. Um, I was involved in, in Sam's Club over the course of 15 years, a couple different times. And they're, they're fantastic businesses because what they do is they help you aggregate customers on a platform, even though a retailer, we can think of, of, of like the Sam's Club membership program or what we're about to talk about as a place to aggregate people and also create for the business a recurring revenue model. And when you've got a bundle of goods and services, some people call it a rundle, it changes the way that we're able to invest um, on behalf of the customer because of what we would describe as a membership fee. But what the fee is, is you're really buying access to something you can't get otherwise. So you've got an announcement um, that's big, so I'll let you talk about it, um, but describe uh, what's happening with Walmart and, and our new venture. Thank you. So I am incredibly excited uh, to announce the launch of Walmart Plus, which is going to be Walmart's first ever true membership program. So uh, many of you may be enrolled in or will have heard of uh, Delivery Unlimited, which was our uh, delivery program that we had out in the market. Well, we've taken that and, no pun intended, plussed it up. Um, and so um, this is going to be our way of giving you everything that you know and love about Walmart and then some more. So $98 a year, so that's you know $2 a week, um, you're going to be able to get continue to get unlimited free delivery um, of uh, your groceries, your consumables, and every week we add more things, uh, more things to that. So think about unlimited free delivery uh, from the Supercenter. When you go into the store, uh, you're going to be able to, to get it in and out with scan and go. So fast in-store, you know, um, uh, contractors check-in. Um, fuel discounts, so up to five cents a gallon off at, at Walmart um, at Walmart stations, and so much more that's that's going to come. The beautiful thing, as you mentioned, John, about a membership program is it gives us the capacity to learn and grow. Uh, and so this is really going to be our way of being able to continue to grow and learn and and, and add more with that with our with our members over time. And we couldn't be more excited about it. Well, I'm, ex I'm excited as well, um, and, and it's different than you said. It's the the delivery unlimited is a subscription. And a membership program and a subscription are actually quite different. Um, they they may feel the same and they may sound the same, but it's really there are some semantics there. But but they are quite different programs. And I'm excited about what we'll be able to offer. And uh, but the core of the offer really is being able to get get delivery, um, whether it's same day or during the week when you schedule it on a slot. As you said, we'll be able to get members access to more time slots so they can pick when they want to have things delivered to them. And there'll be a lot more coming. So Walmart is got a great reputation for execution and supply chain, as you said, and 
not uh, unusual for a successful company that's in an industry that's high transaction and low margin. And you know why that's important is we we complete millions of transactions really every hour, but every day. And we do those at a relatively low uh, rate of profitability. So therefore, there's always a bit of variance, but execution is important. But when you step back and go back all the way into the company's history, you'll find that we do this thing that some people consider quirky. We think it's fun. It's the Walmart cheer. Now, we haven't done as many of those lately because we haven't been together quite as much. But at the end of it, we do ask who's number one, and it's the customer. And so putting the customer in the center of, the, of every question, of every problem, causes you to work through the problems that you describe them. And you you were uh, you were telling me earlier that in your household, you get a lot of feedback. Um, I do too. I, I order things. I go do pickup orders. I've done a lot more of it since we've been working part in the office and part at home. But, you know, there is a skill there that that you have to learn. And it's, it's listening with empathy. You always have to be open to feedback and you always have to listen. You have to assume that the customer, whether it's a family member, friend is right. So, but how do you establish you know, a really great process for listing and taking feedback so that we can empower the teams to support the customer and not just run off and try to solve the operational metrics? That's a great question, John. And I think it's at the, honestly, at the heart of what we do and, and how, we, how we're going to operate moving forward. I mean, obviously, you need um, great insight and great data, and that comes um, from the data that we have, uh, what we see that customers actually do all the listening that we do with customers. And so whether that is the intel that we get from being out in the field and and, and listening to what's happening um, or whether it's, you know, other data that we buy, but using that data, you then need to make sure that you bring together the right people. And so what we started doing is running a, in this process that we call, you know, four, four in the box. And so who are the four? The four, first of all, is the business. So who is the person that is, you know, needing to, to, to solve a, solve a problem on behalf of the customer who is able to build the product and is thinking about what that should look like and, and, and how you create that uh, and, and solve on behalf of the customer. And he's really asking the question, why and what if uh, on behalf of the customer? So what if uh, a customer could pick up everything within the store? What would that need to look like? You then have a, you know, an engineer. So you have a technologist who is, who is able to, to code and, and build the, uh, the platform in order to be able to support that. And finally, you know, sitting across all of that, you need somebody who is supporting the customer in terms of, as I said, data, but also the right kind of process and design to make sure that we're showing up with a design that is right for the customer, not you know, the, the easiest solution for us to operationalize or the solution that, that works sort of sitting, sitting between our many groups. And so they really run horizontally across the process to say, how do we build this in a way that is most intuitive? that is most simple, that is most seamless for a customer and, and, and makes sense. But having those four people attacking every problem, whether it's super strategic or super tactical, means that you've got the right voices at the table to be able to, to, you know, to solve for and about and you know, on behalf of the customer. We tend to, as business people, find problems, identify problems quickly, then our brain takes over, recognizes patterns, and then we try to apply a solution we either think will work or we have used in our past. And the difference in that and what you're describing is you've got to get the proper problem definition, understand what it is you're really trying to solve on behalf of the customer or if it's internal the user. But nevertheless, then the team, they're charged to go out and find a seamless, intuitive solution so that the customer experience or the user experience is seamless. Um, you know, think about in, in a, a lot of big companies, and we'll talk about those in, in just a second, um, there are these legacy solutions and our people then find ways 
to work around the solutions to be able to find a way of working to help accomplish a task or serve as a customer or listen. And what you're trying to do is step back and take a holistic view of once someone engages with the brand, what is the experience like? And that includes things that you've done, like combining the apps from two to one, uh, taking search and making it universal. The speed at which you and the team have moved has accelerated, I'd say, you know, greatly. It's it's a marked difference from where we were. So what is what is it? Obviously, the, what caused it is customers need us. And, and when they needed us, we were able to put aside some of the things we were working on and just focus on the customer. But what's been the biggest change? You mentioned Express. There have been a couple others, Ship from Store, other things that have just launched in a matter of days or weeks that probably would have taken us weeks or months before. But what's been the biggest change you've noticed? So I think a couple of things. One is I think um, what we've noticed during the pandemic is these, these behavioral changes or these customer needs, right? Everything that when you see a customer behavior, you act in a certain way because you need something. I need something right now, right? I need to be able to get access to something. Um, I, you have these underlying needs. And they have become, whether those are business needs or whether those are customer needs, they've become very apparent very quickly. Um, and it allows us to isolate what that need is. And we talked about this earlier, but when you can isolate a need and get very specific about that problem, it allows you to start to say, okay, well, what am I going to do to solve that problem? And how do I start to think about you know, the the click, the double click, the, the triple click down with that problem, and then galvanize everybody to run at it. And we talked before about this four in a box, the business, the engineer, you know, the, the product person and the customer person. If you can get those four people isolated around a customer problem, it's very easy to quickly run, okay, well, well how, do, how do we solve that? Um, and we've been able to pick those, those customer problems. And if you pick the right ones, you find that actually, as you're, as I said, as you're clicking through, how do we solve for that? Solutions become really apparent very quickly. And typically, as you solve for those solutions, they have sort of broader ramifications. And so if you think about something like um, contactless payment within the store, as soon as you start to think about, we've got to get customers in and out of the store in the safest way possible for them and for our associates, you start to think about, okay, well, that's going to require, like, where are the places where they may have to touch things? Where are the places where we might have these, you know, these points of friction? It allows you to start to think about, okay, well, how do I start to peel those back? And as you open the systems to start to, to do things like figure out contactless payment and how can I have somebody show their phone, that creates a whole lot of other solves that you can make for the customer at the same time, which is really exciting, I think, for all of us. That's right. And that leads to product discovery and then a, a phase where you're ideas will diverge and then tests and prototypes emerge and then we converge on a solution. And I think that's been a, one of the biggest differences. Um, Janie, I'm excited about uh, Walmart Plus. Um, I'm really excited that we've gotten to this point and we're ready to announce this. I'm excited about the way of working and the differences you've made. And I'm really excited about uh, changing the experience and improving the experience for Walmart customers, associates, and the user. It's exciting change. So I'm looking forward to what you and the team are going to accomplish over the next few, I'd, I'd say years, but you know, every month feels like a year, as you said, every month feels like a day. <laughs> There's so much going on, but um, thanks for everything that you and the team are doing. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for coming on this morning. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.